Thank you for listening to Christian Family Church Podcast. Here at CFC, our mission is to live and communicate the power of the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ to the world around us. From wherever you're listening, we hope you'll be encouraged by this week's message. So good to be together this morning, and good day to anyone online this morning. Uh, so good to be together. Um, to be honest, I, I feel like I've been a little bit AWOL. Um, I feel like I, I've been absent without leave uh, a little bit the last few weeks. Um, I had a couple of weeks back where I was, I was crook and couldn't be here, and then um, uh, last weekend we had a, a family get together for mum's birthday. I'll let her tell you the number if she wants to. Um, but we had a, a really special family time away together. About, it's probably 10 years ago since we did that together as a family, as a wider family, and just spending some time together from my, with my brother from Newcastle and his family and Ballarat family, and um, just a great time. And to be honest, it was, it was uh, nice timing as well because I actually had a little operation uh, almost two weeks ago now and had a bit of a big black eye. Um, if you saw me, you probably noticed. Um, and a bit of a patch up on my neck. And if I was wearing shorts, you would have seen the patch up on my leg as well. Um, so it was nice just to sort of uh, retreat uh, that, that week and uh, get away last weekend and have some time with the family. It was, it was great. But uh, also just this week, I've been over in Adelaide. Um, part of my role as the acting vice chair in the state um, it's to go to the national CRC exec meetings and Really, it's, it's a couple of days of not just meetings, but a time to pray together, to seek God and, and really say, Lord, how do you want to move through us and in our churches? How can we support um, churches and people in places? How can we plant churches? How can we reach other nations? How can we see the love of God go out further? And uh, it was a joy to be involved in that this, just this week over in Adelaide with Pastor Bill and uh, all the national exec team. Um, but yeah, apologies if I've been a little bit hard to catch lately. Um, and just on Friday, actually, I also had a, a doctor's appointment following up the, the operation I'd had. I'd had a few chunks of skin taken out here, there, on my leg, on my neck, and around my eye. And um, it's never good news when the doctor starts with the words, it's not good news. Um, um, basically, the, the skin they took from my leg was uh, it was a melanoma, and it was fairly deep. And uh, they're hopeful that they've got it all, but they want to do some more tests and, and check things out a little bit more. I've got a couple of CTs and PET scans and MRIs and things coming up today and t- uh, tomorrow and the next day. Um, so I just really appreciate your prayer um, around that. Um, I said to the doctor, so you're telling me there's a, ch- there's a chance you've got it all. <laughs> it's like, you're telling me there's a, ch- there's a chance. Um, and yeah, it's really just going to be a journey to see what's, what else is required. They are going to do another, another operation to remove a bit more of the area around my leg to make sure they've got everything that could possibly be cancerous. But um, yeah, just really appreciate your prayer um, for us as we, we go through this journey over the next couple of weeks. Um, and there will be a, a point where I'll be out probably for another week just to have that dealt with and uh, just praying that that's really all that they've got to do. Um, just so aware that we don't know how many days we have, do we? And uh, as I drove back from the, the hospital on Friday, uh, all the different thoughts went through my mind. But you know what? God does not change. And his love for us is the same. And his plans don't change. And he's not taken by surprise. And uh, I know God's working in this and through this. 
Um, it's almost 10 years ago, I broke my back and God worked through that and he's used that in amazing ways. He's given me opportunity to pray for people that I never would have had opportunity for. Um, God's at work and uh, I just felt like I, I wanted to share that with you and just be honest about what's going on. Um, rather tell you all now than every person individually later. So uh, that's, that's the deal. Um, also next Sunday, um, actually it was a few months ago, I was invited to come and speak at the Bannockburn Church. And I've told them, um, subsequent to me not having an operation before Friday um, or before Sunday, um, I'm going to be in Bannockburn with the family next Sunday, uh, sharing at the church down there. It's probably been uh, 20 years, I think, since we visited the Bannockburn church. Rochelle and I went there as good friends, and we're going back with six kids. Um, Who knows what will happen when you go and serve God with a friend? Um, Anyway, that's not part of my plan to say that. This morning, we are going to finish our series uh, looking at the Servant King. Uh, I just want to pray. Lord, I just thank you for helping us to hear what you're saying, Lord. No matter what we're going through, no matter what's happening in our lives, Lord, we just thank you that you are there, you are present with us. And Lord, I just pray that you'd help us this morning to just be receptive to what you want to say in Jesus' name. Amen. And Lord, help me to share briefly. I just want to share briefly this morning, just a a few thoughts before we do the survey together. And this morning, I want to look at a passage that's quite, probably quite well known to many of us. Um, If it's not for you, that's that's cool. But uh, it's the the only parable, the only story that Jesus tells about the great commandment. And uh, to be honest, it's a little bit inspired by Pastor Joe Habermeel, who spoke on this passage at the National Conference. So if you're over there, you might resonate with some of these things. But uh, I've been planning to speak on this passage. And uh, let's open up there this morning to Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10. So in the start of the chapter, Jesus is talking to the disciples and he tells them to pray for workers for the harvest because the harvest is great and the workers are few. And then Jesus sends the disciples out and they come back rejoicing. And uh, Jesus says, yes, I saw Satan fall like lightning, but don't rejoice because of this. Don't Don't rejoice because evil spirits obey you. Rejoice because your names are written in the book of life. You know, I want to be honest and open. I can be a little bit too much about achievement at times. It's my character to want to achieve things. I wanted to become an Olympic cyclist. That probably tells you something about my character. Um, But let's not rejoice because of what we can do or achieve or see. But let's rejoice because our names are written in the book of life. If you know Jesus is your saviour today, you are a new creation in Christ. And if you're here for the first time and you've never made that commitment to give your life to Christ, you've never understood what Jesus did for you, today you can say, thank you, Jesus, that you died for me. And the moment we acknowledge that, we, we recognize our sin and give ourselves to him, we are set free from the power of sin and death. We have an eternity waiting for us in heaven. Jesus says, rejoice because your names are written in the book of life. Then he goes on and prays and says, Father, thank you for keeping these things hidden from those who think they know it all, and revealing it to the childlike. And then let's read what it says in verse 25 to 29. It says, One day an expert in religious law stood up to test Jesus by asking him this question. Teacher, what should I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus replied, What does the law of Moses say? How do you read it? The man answered, You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength, and all your mind. And, it's like, oh, I haven't forgotten, love your neighbor as yourself. 
Right, Jesus told him, do this and you will live. The man wanted to justify his actions. So he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? And we'll read on from there in a moment. There's two things I want us just to notice this morning as we look at this passage. And number one is this. Humanity's struggle is that we think there's things we should do to inherit eternal life. He says, what should I do to receive eternal life, Jesus? What do I have to do to get into heaven? What do I have to do? You know, we all want to know what we have to do. And it's not just in our relationship with God, our relationships with one another, um, with our friends, with our, our, our wife, our husband. Uh, you know, at times we upset each other. We do things that maybe wasn't very kind or helpful. And, and we want to know, what do I have to do to make you happy again? What do I, what do, I have to do to make you uh, not angry with me anymore? You know, Michelle and I, anyway, no, that's, I'm going <laughs> to... But we just want to know, how do I make this better? What do I have to do? What's the, what's the bare minimum standard that next time, if I do this, it'll be okay? So does anyone resonate with like you, you? You do. You want to know, how do I not do this in a way that will hurt you next time? What's the bare minimum standard to get into heaven, Jesus, is basically what he's asking. What do I have to do so that I know that you'll love me? You see, we live in a world that thinks inclusion by merit we live in a world that it's, we, we're included because of what we do or don't do. You know, they say in society that if in every social setting there's, there's hidden values and if you break five of those hidden values within that community of people, you'll tend to feel ostracised immediately. God help it not be that way in the church. But we think as a society, as, as human beings, inclusion by merit, if I do this, I'll get that. It's what we've thought, it's what we've done since kindergarten. You go to kindergarten, you want to make friends, well, come and play this game with me. If you want to play the game, you've got to play it this way. And if you want to be my friend, you've got to talk like this. If you're going to be my friend, you've got to like this music. And if you're going to be my friend, you're going to dress this way. Talk like this, be around these things. That's what we're conditioned to think all through our childhood. But break those rules and you're out of the friendship group. As a chaplain, my goodness, I saw this a lot of times. That's how we're raised in our society. But the one thing that's hopefully a little different is our families. That even though we hurt each other, we do things at times that irritates the heck out of each other, no matter what we do, we're a part of the family. Sadly, that's not always the case. And hopefully, in the church, we can accept one another despite our differences. You know, the church is like no other thing on the planet. It brings all people together, every race, tongue, tribe, every background, every personality. And God has called us to be one body in Christ. To be iron that sharpens iron. And you know what? You think about two pieces of corrugated iron rubbing against each other. It's going to be noisy. It's going to be like I can see sparks flying. You know, it's not always easy because we're different. And it can be hard at times to get along. It can be hard to... We irritate each other. Don't look at anyone right now. <laughs> I know someone who said once, if you walk into Maccas and you see a group, a group of young people and there's different ages and they're dressed in like different styles, you can pretty much guarantee it's a youth group. And from personal experience, I've found it to be true. I go up and I say, hey, 
are you guys like part of a youth group by any chance? Like, hey, yeah, how did you know? I was like, <laughs> you wouldn't be hanging out together otherwise. Anyway, we think inclusion by merit, but God's ways are very different to ours. Jesus asks him, what do you think you must do? And he says, love God and love your neighbor with all your heart, soul, mind and strength. And Jesus says, right, do that and you will live. But Jesus isn't saying, yeah, just try harder, mate. You've just got to try harder to love God and love people with all your heart, soul, mind and strength. That's not what he's saying. He's not saying you can do this. He's hoping that this man will see, you know what? Oh, wow, I have tried to love people and I have failed. I have tried to love God with all my heart, soul, mind and strength and I have failed. I think what Jesus is hoping is that this man will say, Oh, Jesus, is there any other way? Because when we realize God's standard of his, his desire for us to love people and to love him with all of our heart, soul, mind and strength, I just think, God, I'm, I'm sorry that I've fallen short of your standard. I've not loved like you. Instead, the man does what probably all of us do at times. And maybe even through this message today, you might do this. And it's not a criticism, it's just human nature again. But we want to justify ourselves. We want to say, but I did this because... What if you've ever found yourself saying something that was unkind and you think, well, they deserved it. Or, well, it was true. Someone had to tell them. (laughs) And we try and justify ourselves. But the man doesn't get what Jesus is saying. And it says he tries to justify himself further and asks, who is my neighbour? Let's go on and read the the story that we know as the story of the Good Samaritan from verse 30. Jesus replied with a story. A Jewish man was traveling from Jerusalem down to Jericho and he was attacked by bandits. They stripped him of his clothes and beat him up and left him half dead beside the road. I've just got to ask, how do you be half dead? It's like death. It's kind of you are or you aren't, isn't it? Anyway, I'm no doctor. By chance, a priest came along. But when he saw the man lying there, he crossed to the other side of the road and passed him by. The temple assistant walked over and looked at him lying there, but he also passed by on the other side. Then a despised Samaritan came along, and when he saw the man, he felt compassion for him. Going over to him, the Samaritan soothed his wounds with olive oil and wine and bandaged them. Then he put the man on his own donkey and took him to an inn, where he took care of him. The next, the next day, he handed the innkeeper two silver coins, telling him, telling him, Take care of this man. If his bill runs higher than this, I'll pay you the next time I'm here. Now, which of these three would you say was a neighbor to the man who was attacked by bandits? Jesus asked. The man replied, The one who showed him mercy. Then Jesus said, Yes, now go and do the same. You know, the Samaritans were despised people amongst the Jews. They were the the half-caste, the half-Jews, the non-Jews. Because when King Nebuchadnezzar came and took the people into into captivity in Babylon, he left some of the the Jewish people to live in the land and and work the the land still. But they were intermarried with their captors and they became hated by the, the Jewish people. But then Jesus tells this story, the, the, the priest, the Levite, they see this man who, who was a Jew, he was, he was one of them, but they don't help him. 
And then this Samaritan who is despised by the very man who's lying on the road, most likely. The Samaritan comes along and even though he's despised, he stops and he helps him out. Not only that, but he, he stays with him and leaves him with another helper and promises to pay any debt he has when he returns. I wonder if that sounds familiar. Jesus was despised and rejected, just as predicted in Isaiah and other places. Then although he came to the world he created, he was despised and rejected and crucified upon a cross. He took our punishment and paid our debt that we could never pay, but then rose again victorious, proving to the world that he had defeated sin and death. And then as he went away, he promised that he would send another to be their helper, their comforter, the Holy Spirit, and told them that he's coming back and that all debts would be wiped out if they trusted in him. And Jesus tells the man, go and do likewise. We are saved by God's grace. We cannot earn it. We can't do anything to deserve his forgiveness. We are saved by God's grace through faith in Jesus' sacrifice for us. But now God's command for us is now go and love like me. The second thing I want to point out is see what Jesus' love for you is like and go and do likewise. We're not saved in the doing, we're saved in the seeing. In understanding what Jesus has done for us, we, it sets us free. The greatest moment of my life is understanding that Jesus died on the cross for my sin. And it's changed my life. And he wants to change us. He wants to motivate us with his love and, and help us to show the world his love. He says, don't just love those who are like you. He says, don't just love those that are easy to love. Love the broken. Love the hurting. Love people despite the messiness you might see around them in, your, in their lives that, that scares you. A few weeks ago, I shared about G time instead of me time. I'm going to keep that saying going, even though I said it was corny. <laughs> David uh, reminded you last week. God doesn't want us to be focused on me, on my needs, on what I want, on my comfort. He doesn't want us focused in on ourselves. Instead, he asks us, who do you see as your we? Who are those around you that you are caring for? Who are the people in your life that you are going to stop and you're going to help and that you're going to sacrifice your time, your energy, your love, even your, 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 your life to help? Who is your we? Let's not focus on me. Let's focus on the we. God has reached out to us. And now he's calling us to say to those around us, God cares about you, so you care to me. You're important to me. You're a part of my we. wonder who's part of your we right now. Who are you giving your life to right now? I wonder who are you stopping to, to hear the struggles that they're going through? Who are you sacrificing your time, your energy to help and strengthen and support? Galatians 6 talks about carrying our own burdens, but also carrying the burdens of those around us. 
wonder who is God calling you? He's, he's drawing your heart to invite people into your we. Why the family is so cool. It's why God's plan was that families are a place of safety, that no matter what we do, we are part of the we, that we are family. And sadly, although it's not always the case, that's God's plan, that's his design. And God has called us as the body of Christ to be a family to each other. Even though we're different, we have different interests, and some of you think I'm a nut because I ride around in Lycra, and some of you are, uh, do this, and some of you do that, and we are all so different, but we are called to be the family of God and include each other in our we. Now, we can't spend the same amount of time with every person the same, but is our heart open? Is our heart open to say, God, lead me today. Help me to see that person you want me to stop and help today. Today we're about to spend some time doing a survey, answering some questions and letting everyone here have a, a say as to how you feel things are going here at CFC at the moment. And it helps us as we look forward. Every, every five years we do this survey and we can sort of see how, how things are moving and how things are shifting. And you know, the last time we did this survey we found out 25% of the church, people that filled in that survey were not a part of a church in the 10 years before that. That surprised me. 25% of the church were not part of a church in the period of 10 years before that survey. And just little different things that we can realise, oh wow, people haven't been a part of the church all this time. They don't know that story. They don't know this thing. And it, just, it helps us understand who we are as a church. To hear what's important to you, to hear what you think is going well and what you think slipped away a little bit or what's, what are some of the things maybe we missed. Please be honest as you answer this survey and I know I'm not perfect, I know our team isn't perfect, and we are not a perfect church. And if you're here and you're thinking, yeah, you, this is a perfect church, well, I'm sorry, you're about to be disappointed. At some point in time, you are going to realise we are not perfect. But you know what? We can all grow. And together, we are the body of Christ. And as we look through these questions, I encourage you to say, God, point out a question that I can be a part of answering your call for us as the church. I'm a part of this we. And as we answer these questions about the church, who is us, God, how do you want to lead me to love someone? How do you want to lead me to love those who come in or who have never come in the doors? We, we together are called to be his hands and feet. And it's an exciting future. It's an exciting calling. So I just want to pray right now and then we're going to do this survey. Praise God, I've kept that short. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> God, we just thank you that, Lord, you do not wait for us to do or achieve anything. But you have already done all that needs to be done for us to be accepted, to be forgiven, to be made whole, and to have eternal life with you. And, Lord, this morning we just want to say we are so grateful. We want to say, God, we thank you for what you have done for us. And Lord, help us not to live with that worldly mindset of uh, inclusion by merit, God, but to love like you, to include people in our we, and to show people the love of God, that the world would know you, that the world would know us as your people by our love for one another and for them. 
God, I just thank you for this time of, of answering these questions. Lord, I just pray that you would highlight, point out the things that you are calling us to be involved with, to put our hands up into, Lord. And just thank you, God, for giving us wisdom and grace as we go forward as a church, that you would lead us in the paths you have for us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. This morning, if you are a visitor and you're thinking, I'm here for the first time, Andrew, I don't know anything about this church, um, feel free to just... Uh, have a bit of a chat if you would like to the people around you. You can annoy them while they do the survey. That's fine. Um, <laughs> we have paper copies of the survey, but we also have some online versions of the survey. If you have a phone and you know how to use it, fine. I encourage you to do that. We probably, um, we've ordered surveys not based on the number of people, but on how many people we thought wouldn't like to do it online. So if you want to, I think the next slide has the link. Um, oh, the uh, yeah, there's the, the website. You can either jump on your phone right now. You can scan the QR code. It'll take you to the page um, to do this survey. Have we got the forms there, guys? Yep. Um, if you do not want to do the online one, maybe you don't have a phone or anything with you that you can do the online one, uh, would you just stick up your hand and we can come and bring them around? Um, maybe do you want to come up the front and work your way back, Darcy, so they can see you coming? Um, can we grab two or three other people to help hand out those forms as well? Um, thanks, Beck. Yeah, thanks, Rob. Do you want to help? Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Thank you for doing this. We might just put some gentle music on as we do this. It, it'll take about 15 minutes or so to do. Uh, please, if you can, uh, be involved. We'd love to hear every voice. For any kids in the room, there is actually a, a, a 14 to 18-year-old survey. Um, so if you're 14 to 18, there's a kids' version. Um, you can either do that online or we do have, I think they gave us one paper form for the kids. <laughs> so, Just the, 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 the one instruction, the church code up the top there, JA204200. Um, that's the church code you need to put up, up the top. Is anyone else getting a little bit warm in here, by the way? Should, should we put the aircon on while we do this to keep everyone cool and happy? That'd be great. And uh, happy surveying. <laughs> and to anyone that's joining us online, we're going to end the, the live stream there. Thanks for joining us today. God bless. Have a great day. We'll see you, now. See you later online.